My friend, Reverend Nathaniel Urshan, would you welcome him to this pulpit tonight? We're going to help him preach, amen? Let's continue to clap our hands unto the Lord and give him praise tonight. Oh, let's love him. Somebody lift up your voice. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How many like what you feel in the house of the Lord on a Wednesday night? Amen. Amen. The devil told somebody you can't have good church on Wednesday night. Says you got to take a nap on Wednesday night and kind of go through the motions. But I, I think that New Bethel and this camp meeting didn't get that memo from hell. Amen. Because there's some people ready to have a move of God tonight. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's an honor to be with you and to be able to lift up the name of Jesus Christ in this assembly with you. And I, I give honor to Pastor Gary Don Robinson and his wife and his two precious daughters. This family is a precious family. Amen. And they're doing such a wonderful job. Uh, these camp meetings, this church, God is continuing something that was started a long time ago. And it's something beautiful, it's something precious, and I'm, I'm glad that I can be back for another camp meeting to be just a little part of what God is bringing to pass. Amen. Amen. I give honor to these precious brethren that are here, Brother Reed, and other great men of God uh, that are in this place. And I love what I feel in the house of God tonight. I love to be around God's people and... I believe that God has something in store for us. Hallelujah. I believe God has a word for somebody in this house. And by the help of God, we're going we're gonna to get to it. If you have your Bibles, I'll invite you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40. I'm so glad to have my family with me, Sister Urshan and Joseph and Ben's. Um, glad they can be with me here at camp meeting. We love camp meeting. We love the fellowship. We love the heritage that is here. And I'll tell you something about Brother Robinson. Before we met, I, you know, I've met a lot of pastors and that word pastor, it means shepherd and it, it means one who takes care of and looks after and is responsible for sheep. And I can say this, um, I, I observed uh, Brother Holmes in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I have observed men that have been influenced by his ministry. Brother Robinson is one of those men. And I watched Brother Holmes as he operated, and I can tell you that he knows people. And when I'm with Brother Robinson, Brother Robinson knows people, and he loves people. Amen. There's not a lot of people who have a genuine care. There might be a, a surface care. There might be a, um, a perfunctory 
cordiality, but but with Brother Robinson, he means it. And you don't just hear Brother Robinson, you feel Brother Robinson. Amen. And we love his family so much. And he is a dear, dear friend. Amen. So I'm honored to be here in this pulpit tonight. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40. And I want to read beginning at verse 28. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28. If you have it, say amen. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Praise God. Beautiful portion of scripture. I want to take it tonight and try to pull something out of it that is relevant to this assembly I want to preach to you about learning to wait on the Lord learning to wait on the Lord and I didn't come to just preach a message I came to bring a word and somebody came looking for a word tonight amen aren't you glad God knows where you are Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I've enjoyed not only the worship, but I've enjoyed the themes of tonight's service. Before I get to a pulpit to preach, I pray that God guides me. I don't want to bring a canned processed worked over professionalized message but I believe the word of God is much more powerful than that I actually believe that tonight when we engage in worship and when we engage in delivery of the word of God that we enter into spiritual warfare And we are in a fight with spiritual powers that are very real. And that's that's something that educated people, they kind of raise their eyebrows and they give a knowing look to the person next to them because that sounds like crazy talk. But if you're going to believe the Bible, you might as well believe the whole thing. If you don't believe that in the beginning God, then don't waste your time with the rest of the book. Because this is a spiritual book. This is a book about a God that created heaven and earth. By the power of the spoken word. This is a book where oceans parted. 
miraculously. It's a book where water came out of rock, where bread came down from heaven, where bitter waters were made sweet. Oh, hallelujah. It's a book where fish and loaves were multiplied to feed multitudes. It's a book where axe heads did swim. It's a book where the dead were raised, the lame walked, blind eyes were opened, deaf ears were unstopped. Amen. It's a book where virgins had babies. And if you're not going to believe any of that, then you're sure not going to believe that you can receive the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking with other tongues. But you might as well believe the whole thing. I believe there's devils running out of this building right now. I believe there's angels encamping around this place right now. I believe that there are strongholds coming down right now and generation, generational curses are being broken right now. I believe this. And so... I want to talk a little bit about it. It's hard to articulate sometimes. Uh, It feels like trying to get your arms around a redwood tree. It's that big. And man's vocabulary struggles with that. But we're going to try. Because there's spiritual forces that come against every person in this room. They came against you this week. They came against you As you pulled into this parking lot. And they will be waiting on you when you leave. Hallelujah. And though it might not be easy to to explain or to, to identify or to even admit exists. They are very real. And there's a better way of dealing with them than... Drinking a pint of Grey Goose. Then smoking up a joint. Then puffing something or snorting something or shooting something or sleeping with someone or whatever it is that takes care of your dilemma in the short term. There's something much better than dealing with it like that. That something is Jesus Christ. It is the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And before you leave this building tonight, I want you to be filled with the Holy Ghost from the top of your head down to the sole of your feet. Amen. I pray that God baptizes people tonight with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's a real thing. It's a real phenomenon. It's why we're gathered. We've heard words thrown around this sanctuary like eternity. And... We've, we've heard words, and I enjoyed one statement in particular that was made where the reeds stated that, um, that something to the effect of, it's always a good time to praise God even on the bad days. Because we're grappling with and we're wrestling with eternal powers. We're wrestling with cosmic powers. The Bible described them as principalities, described them as spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen.
and, and, and they're here. And there's, there's too much suicide as a result of that. And there's too much despair. There's too much addiction. There's too much dysfunction. Hallelujah. The answer is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The answer is an altar of repentance. The answer is the word of God. And so people tried to explain it. The ancients, they didn't, they didn't have the benefit of technology. So the way they tried to describe it, um, they, they, they tried to call them gods. They tried to call them titans, primordial gods, and, and then powerful ones. They, they tried to describe elements like time and death. Um, time, they called him Kronos. And uh, death and even hell. And one particular group, they called him Tartarus, Oceanus, Gaia. These were the gods that preceded Zeus and Hera and Apollos. They were the sons of them. They were called the Titans. They were the sons and daughters of the Titans. And the Titans were, were supposed to be deities. It was primitive man's way of trying to describe powers that were beyond them. And um, basically... What, what they would say is that these, these beings had great power. And Kronos in particular, time, um, the passage of time, how time had control over men and over women, that's, that was their description. And that's how they described it. And in their limited way, that's how they understood it. Kronos was one element of time. And then there was a second element of time, a different kind of time, known as a Kairos. Kairos in mythology was a kind of a weird-looking creature. He also meant time. He came from Kronos. But he only had one curl on the front of his head. And he was bald on the back of his head. And that was the Greek personification of that kind of time. And that kind of time was divine time. It was different than chronological time. Chronological time was sequential. It was mundane. It was daily. It was routine. It was the order of the day. Kairos was different. It was opportunity. It was divinely inspired. And, And the reason why he had a curl on the front of his head was because you had to grab him coming and he was bald on back because you couldn't get him when he was going. A weird picture, I know, but it was primitive man's way of describing how time worked. It's funny, before you laugh too hard, realize that the apostles came out of that, of that time. And so the scripture records a difference between Kairos and Kronos. Jesus said in one place, he said, it's not my time yet, but it is your time always. It sounds paradoxical, but what it meant was two different words. It's not the Kairos time yet, but it is the Kronos time. You can always go fishing. You can always live life. You can always make money, but I'm not always going to be here with you. And it's not heaven's timing right now. 
Amen. And Kairos was a powerful thing. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it was a powerful dynamic because Kairos isn't worried about Kronos. Kronos, people get tied up in it. They get locked in it. You are living in Kronos right now. You worked a Kronos job today. And you pick up Kronos paychecks. And they are, they are incremental. They are built by the hour. And they are billed. And they come in the mail. And everything operates by time. And that's life. And, and you have schedules. you got stuff scheduled for after this service. you got stuff scheduled for tomorrow. There's stuff coming up next week. And you got a vacation coming up before too long. And we're scheduling services. These are all Kronos-based things. Amen. And you can get so caught up in Kronos that you forget that there's a Kairos. And the Kairos always takes precedent over the Kronos. Because when God chooses to move, let's jump out of the Greeks and let's jump into the Hebrews. When God chooses to move, it might mess up your schedule. It'll mess up what you're doing. It'll, it'll mess up your plans. God will come crashing down into the world of men and he will have his way. I'm glad we got a schedule at camp meeting, but I tell you what, I want Jesus to show up in this place right now. And there's a time for singing and there's a time for offerings and there's a time for choirs, but I want there to be a time for the Holy Ghost to show up and show out. And I want him to grab a hold of somebody and I want him to turn them inside out and upside down. And I want there to be a Kairos opportunity. Grab your moment in the Holy Ghost. Because you may not get it when it passes. Amen. <laughs> and so, that's, that's time. That, it's, it's kind of an odd thing to hear it from their perspective, but that's what, that's what they thought. Um, when, when they tried to think of those things, we, we look at those things like they're quaint and they're... They're interesting. We're much more educated than that now. We are, we're, we're now more educated. We're smarter. We have post-grad degrees. And now we have Einstein and we have Oppenheimer and we have Hawking. And, and they don't know any more about time than the Greeks did. <laughs> and they tell us that there is no God now. We're, we've, we're so educated now we, de- we deny God. And, and while society continues to unravel and people are trying to medicate problems and they're trying to legislate problems and they're trying to psychoanalyze problems, people are being shot, people are being blown up, blown up, serial killers are doing things that psychologists don't understand. First world problems are weird problems. And we're living right in the middle of it. When you ask those powerful men, and, and I give them credit for their intellect, um, they, they say there is no God, or if there is, like Einstein, he doesn't know him. He just believes he's somewhere out there. Um, they get uncomfortable when you start talking about time because, because when you talk about time, then you have to come to this revelation that science has proven that there is such a thing as a miracle. It's scientifically provable now. That sounds crazy because it's, you can't stick it under a microscope. You can't stick faith uh, on a slide and study it. You can't look at it through a telescope, but you can theorize it. 
Because our laws and our world are governed by physical dynamics, laws of physics, space, time, gravity, all the different elements of this world. And they tell us that it came from a Big Bang. And that Big Bang, there was a moment of time when there was such density, such unimaginable uh, density that there was an explosion and the plans just happened. And, you know, we believe God created all things. But, but before you laugh at the Big Bang, that actually that brings Tim to a point of revelation that they need to get. And we're closer than we think because Big Bang and creation have something in common. One of the things they have in common is that there was a point where there was nothing and then there was something. Amen. And, and they don't like that. Because if there was a point when there was nothing, that means there was no time. That means there was no gravity. That means there was no relativity. That means all of the laws that govern our lives and keep us moving, they didn't exist at that time. And the definition of a miracle is something outside of natural laws. Let it sink in. What that means is, whatever that was, they, they used the term um, original causation. They use terms like the determinative principle. Those are just big old fancy words that mean God. Whatever it was that did whatever it did, it was outside of all the powers of this world that we understand. Amen. I'm here to tell you there is a God. His name is Jesus Christ. He's in this place right now. And he is in control. I came to tell New Bethel, God is in control tonight. You don't have to leave this place without being touched by the Holy Ghost. You don't have to leave this place the same way that you came in. You don't have to leave this place addicted or depressed or beat down or overcome. There is a Holy Ghost that is able to reach down into the miry clay and pull you out of the chaos that you are in. Amen. Amen. Those old Greek gods and our scientists today have come to very similar conclusions. <laughs> They've come to similar conclusions. There was chaos and now there's order. These are time-based things. Um, the long and short of it is God's in control. God is in control. As people of faith, God is in control. And, and a lot of philosophers believe that when God created heaven and earth he didn't just he didn't just do it randomly and it's not just poetic language he said let there be let there be let there be light there is light let the let the waters above be separated from the waters beneath let there be and and he gave the statements and said let there be and in those statements, people think that's just poetic language or that's just what Genesis says. But philosophers believe that he was actually speaking to those elements. He was speaking to disorder and saying, I am commanding you, let there be. In other words, allow this to take place. Get your hands off of my creation. Let he was speaking to chaos. He was speaking to anarchy. He was speaking to formlessness. He was speaking to nothingness. And he was saying, today there's going to be something where before there was nothing. Let there be light. 
and there was light. You need to let that God speak into your life tonight. God is able to do a creative work in this building right now. And he can look into your chaos and he can say, let there be. He can look into a rebellious teenager and say, let there be. He can look into a broken marriage and say there's formlessness and there's chaos, but I'm speaking life into this situation at a JS camp meeting in 2016. Let there be. Hallelujah. We're involved in eternal business tonight and we're going to let God have his way. Amen. Let there be. And he spoke to that those elements he spoke to those forces and he 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 commanded them and that same god is here right now there's hope if you believe in heaven then you are not bound by the chaos that comes against you the doubt that comes against you the the discouragement the the feeling of giving up we're living in a world where those feelings are all too common Amen. But if you believe in heaven and a place where when you get there, there's going to be streets of gold and there's going to be walls of jasper. Hallelujah. And, and, and there's going to be a city where the lamb is the light. I don't know about you, but I want to go to heaven. I'm not so educated that I stop believing in heaven. There is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. And if you believe in heaven then death and chaos and sickness and all of the elements the nasty things in this old world they are exposed as temporary they're time-based but they are brief They, they they exist for a moment but they won't last forever amen they they There will be a time where they cease to exist. Amen. And God spoke to those powers and God spoke to those forces and prophets did too. When Job spoke, he said, say to corruption, thou art my father. And and to the grave, thou art my mother and my sister. And and when, when Paul said things like, oh death, where is thy sting? He wasn't just talking poetically. He was actually addressing a devil and saying, your reign is coming to an end, big boy. You can threaten me. You can threaten to cut my head off. You can threaten to crucify me. You can threaten every one of these apostles. But, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave. He was speaking to a power. He was speaking to an earthly authority that had been causing man a lot of trouble for a long time. And he was saying, your time is almost over. And the kingdom of God is here right now. And I'm not afraid of you. And I'm not intimidated of you. And you are a temporary reality. And you will not control me. And you will not dictate to me. But I'm a son of God. And you have no power. Amen. Amen. When you're a child of eternity, when you're a child of the kingdom of God, 
When you're a child of Jesus Christ, you become an eternal practitioner. Time-based stuff doesn't affect you like it once did. Amen. People read this. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I feel the Holy Ghost when I say those words. There's somebody here tonight that you're waiting on the Lord. You came to this camp meeting waiting on the Lord. You don't know if you're going to make it or if you're not going to make it. And somebody said, I need a word from the Lord tonight. Amen. I'm telling you, wait on the Lord. Amen. There's a promise in there. There's a promise in there. They shall renew their strength. The youth shall fail. The young men shall utterly fail. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Hallelujah. And people read that verse and and they read it as encouragement. They read it as I'm weak right now, but but I'm going to get better. I'm I'm a little, I'm struggling right now, but God's going to bring me my strength. And it's true. And you're going to get strength tonight. But that's not just an encouragement. That's also a prophecy. Because this whole business called life is a waiting game. The Bible says creation waits. And it groans. And it travails waiting for the redemption of the creature. Amen. We go to work and we are waiting on something. When we wake up in the morning, we are waiting on something. There's a temporary dynamic to this world we're living in. And this is a scripture to man that said, you used to have strength in Adam, but you fail. You fail. And in your falling, you lost your strength. But now you're waiting on the Lord. There's going to come a day when a trumpet sounds. And when that trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up to meet him in the clouds. And we're going to renew our strength. It's a prophecy that one day we're going to have it all back. One day we're not going to be bound by the pain and by the sorrow. One day we're not going to be bound by racism and prejudice. One day we're not going to be bound by sickness and despair. One day we're going to lay down this old heavy burden. And we're going to pick up the garment of life. One day we're going to have a name written in the Lamb's book of life. One day, one day, one day. We're going to see King Jesus and we're going to renew our strength. It's not just an encouragement. It's a promise that God's going to make a new creature out of you. And you're going to mount up with wings as eagles. You're going to run and you're not going to be weary. And you're going to walk and you're not going to faint. Anybody want to go to heaven tonight? Anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost tonight? Come on, I'm preaching to somebody at camp meeting. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Don't you backslide. Don't you give up. Wait. I say on the Lord. (laughs) Ah, glory. You feel that charge right there? 
You feel that electricity that just kind of starts down in your feet and works its way up through your legs and it gets in your backbone and it makes you want to shout and it makes you want to dance. It's a little precursor of what's coming down the pike. So your encouragement right now is not all this verse is talking about. It's talking about your encouragement when you see Jesus. I'm literally going to mount up with wings as an eagle. <laughs> I want to go to heaven. I'm, 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 I'm waiting on that. Jesus said it like this. this. He said, in your patience, possess ye your souls. Amen. Literally, patience is going to be where you get a grip on eternal things. I hope you can get a grip on what I'm preaching tonight. I hope you don't look at this as another Kronos moment. Well, it's, I, I got to stop into the church because they're having church. It's Wednesday night and it's one more item in the schedule. This is not a Kronos moment. This is a Kairos moment. And you got to grab it when it comes your way. It's the kind of a thing that a blind man's, when he heard Jesus was coming, he was saying, this is a day unlike other days. This is a time unlike other times. I've sat here a lot of days and I've begged a lot of times, but this day is different because Jesus is coming by today. So Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Kronos said, be quiet. Kronos said you're out of order Kronos said you're making a scene but this is an opportunity and I gotta grab it before it passes me by because I might not get another chance again so he cried the louder Jesus thou son of David somebody grab it on a Wednesday night at camp meeting somebody grab it while the Holy Ghost is moving up and down these aisles somebody grab it while the choir is singing and while the saints are praying somebody grab it while you have an opportunity somebody grab it before it passes you by When you see Jesus come walking on the water, don't you let him pass you by. Invite him into your boat before you miss it. I'm getting a grip on my soul. I'm getting a grip on eternal things. I'm possessing my soul. Because citizens of eternity understand time. We understand time like nobody else understands time. We have a God that speaks to time. We have a God that speaks to death. We have a God that speaks to chaos and commands it. I know you think there's no hope for your marriage and you gave up and you're struggling and, and, and you think that the answer is divorce. But I'm telling you, you have a God that can speak to chaos. 
I'm not under the dictate of Kronos. I'm not under the dictate of chaos. I'm not under the dictate of all of the different gods. I am under the dictate of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he knows how to look into nothing and say, let there be. He knows how to look at a stormy sea and say, peace, be still. Amen. There's a possession. Patience is powerful. I could, I could preach on patience. People, people don't like to preach on patience because patience uh, takes, well, they think it takes time. I, could, I don't want to get too metaphysical, but there's actually no such thing as time. Time is just something that we observe. God's outside of it. To God, he doesn't have to wait for things to happen. God says things and they are. He, he, he's, he's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Abraham had to wait for him. Moses had to wait for him. Elijah, Elisha, Malachi, Zephaniah, Habakkuk, Zechariah all had to wait for it. But God who lives outside of time didn't wait for anything. He was slain before the foundation of the world. It was already done. We have to slog through Kronos. But God already did it. Some of you are worried about what God's going to do and when, when God's going to provide. I'm here to tell you there's no when with God. Amen. When he, and, and we don't get it. We're, we're, so, we're, we're time creatures. We're chronos creatures. And so, so uh, he, he says to them, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he was glad. And they said, you're not even 40 years old. And yet, do you know Abraham? And he looks at him and he says, before Abraham was, he's using chronos words. He's using time words, trapped in time. It's the only frame of reference that they have. Before Abraham was, past tense, I am. I, it doesn't apply to me. I'm, I'm not trapped by that. I, that doesn't dictate to me. It's already done in the kingdom of God. It's all, I'm here to tell, tell you tonight. Don't you let the devil talk you out of your salvation. Your salvation's already done. Your deliverance is already here. Your healing is already here. Your, your, your victory is already here. It's all in Jesus Christ. You're waiting, but to God, it's already done. They that wait upon the Lord. Amen. So when you realize that heaven's real, when you realize God is real, death and sickness and disease are exposed as temporary. I'm not afraid of them anymore. They are things that can be endured, but they will let go. They may let go when we pass from this life to the next life, or God can cause it to let go right now. But they will let go. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you allow the temporary to dictate your eternal destiny. Amen. I, I find it amazing that the scripture uh, records Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Bible says that they dwelled together in tabernacles. 
literally intense. It's not a, it's not an accident that their structures and their dwelling places were temporary. They understood that this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. They, they, they referred to themselves as pilgrims, as strangers. The Bible says that they were sojourners. That means a temporary resident. They recognized that the things of this world without God are only temporary. As bad as it looks right now, I'm here to tell you, it's only temporary. Amen. As, as, as hopeless as it seems to you, you think it's the end of the world, it's not the end of the world. It's only temporary. Amen. If you have God, if you have a promise from God, lay hold of it and don't let go. It is the one thing that's going to last. That car you're driving, it's temporary. That house you're living in, I know you call it a house. It's really a tent in the big scheme of things because it's temporary. The termites are going to eat it. The moth is going to eat it. The thief is going to break through and steal. But if I lay up for myself treasure in heaven, the moth can't get to it. It cannot be corrupted and the thief can't touch it. I'm here to preach to you. Don't get caught up in the temporary. Your problem on your job is temporary. Your financial hardship is temporary. Your problem in your marriage is temporary. The sickness that invades your body is temporary. Your depression. Amen. You can be seated. They lived in tents. They understood the temporary nature of this life. It, it speaks to their knowledge of the temporary. It also speaks to the knowledge that we're going to follow God wherever he leads us. It, it, it means that we're not going to get too settled down here. Don't fall in love with your house because you can lose your house. One great man of God had his house burned down last night. Brother Pace, he, Sister Pace, they had their house burned down. Don't fall in love with the things of this world because I'm telling you, they are temporary. Everything in this world, the Bible says, the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. It's, it's like the grass of the field. That phrase, here today, gone tomorrow, that's from the Bible. And, and, and it is temporary. The, the glory of man is temporary. You have champions that they're great today, but five years from now, nobody's concerned about it. They're in the history books and there has beens. Amen. There's only one thing that lasts forever. That's, that's, that's the kingdom of God. That's the word of God. Heaven and earth shall pass away. My word shall not pass away. It just makes sense to build my marriage on the word of God. It makes sense to build my children on the word of God. It makes sense to build my relationships in life on the word. Hollywood is not going to do it. Sports are not going to do it. Entertainment, it, substance abuse, it's not going to do it. Society, it's changing all the time. Social morals, they change all the time. But the Word of God remaineth. It's not going anywhere. It's the city that hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. Amen. 
There's some Kronos people right now looking at their watch saying, when's he going to finish? <laughs> Aren't you glad we're not bound by Kronos? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Patience. Patience is where God says, step into my world for a second. Oh, you're taking so long. There's no such thing. Step into my world. Just relax. Let me have my way. Wait on the Lord. Hey, I came to tell somebody, wait on the Lord. God knows what he's doing. God has you right where he wants. God wants to give you a million dollars, but you can't handle a million dollars yet. If God gave you that million dollars, you wouldn't go to the prayer room one more time. Your broke self stays in the prayer room because you're broke. And until you get victory over your broke spirit, you don't need a million dollars. He'll exalt you in due season. But it ain't due season yet, brother. You got to get over your pride. You got to get over your vanity. You got to get over yourself. Wait. I say upon the Lord wait I say upon the Lord well bring me a man Jesus bring me a woman Jesus he ain't bringing you nobody because you'll kill him if he does he's working some things out he's moving some things together he's wait I say wait I say Praise God. Jesus understood this. Jesus understood. He understood that evil is basically weak. He understood that evil doesn't have stamina. Evil can't hack it. When he was told by Pilate, answer me, don't you know I have the power to set you free? He mumbled a few things to him. He wasn't wasting time with Pilate because Pilate would soon be gone. You think I'm interested in 30 AD Palestine? This little spit of sand on the edge of the Mediterranean, limited by time, limited by geography. You think I want your little political games? Oh, my kingdom's a lot bigger than that. Caesar tried to build a kingdom by force and military, and he failed. Alexander tried to build it by force, and he failed. Nebuchadnezzar had his hanging gardens and today you can't even find them. Nimrod built a tower and it's nowhere to be found. Hitler tried. Napoleon tried. They all tried. Xerxes, Darius, they all tried. 
but the sands have scoured them. The sphinxes and the pyramids are pitted by time. They are tourist attractions that are worn away more each year. Crumbling remains. Crumbling coliseums. You see them on a postcard, but they don't have any power and authority today. But one man who came into the world in a manger, and he rode into his kingdom on a donkey, and he died on a cross and was crucified with sinners today in 2016 has a kingdom that is growing more powerful and is growing more widely he has men and women ready to die for him right now my kingdom is not of this world if it were of this world my servants I'm not even going to answer you pilot because you won't even be here in a couple of years I don't have a Kronos kingdom. I have a Kairos kingdom. Praise God. The Bible says that he was a man of sorrows. And I like how it says it. It says he was acquainted. Jesus knew not to invest too heavily in grief. Grief was not a permanent fixture in Jesus life he was acquainted with grief I'm here to tell you that it's only temporary I'm here to tell you that weeping endures for a night I'm preaching to somebody you thought that you were going to die you're not going to die keep on preaching Keep on singing. Keep on praying. I'm talking to a pastor. Go back home and preach it again. I'm talking to some Sunday school teachers. Get up on Sunday and teach it again. I'm talking to a husband. Go back home and keep providing. I'm talking to a mother. You keep on loving. Because weeping only endures for a night. Jesus looked at Judas and he looked at that Roman, that Roman group of soldiers and he said, this is your hour and the power of darkness. I I don't deny darkness is power. I know darkness has power, but it only lasts an hour. It's a temporary dynamic. You can hate me, but your hatred doesn't burn as hot as the love of God. Jesus was looking at them and saying, you won't last long. You won't be here long. The Bible says that he endured. There's that word again, endured. That's why the Bible teaches that the race is not given to the swift and it's not given to the strong, but he that endureth to the end the same shall be saved weakness doesn't have stamina it's only an acquaintance it's 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 not a permanent fixture it's only a temporary dynamic hell can't keep up with a praying man hell can't keep up with a praying woman chaos can't keep up with you hallelujah endure 
Did you know that's why, that's why charity is more powerful than faith and hope? Because the Bible says, now abideth faith, hope, and charity. But the greatest of these is charity. Hallelujah. Charity suffereth long. Charity beareth all things. Believeth all things. Hopeth all things. And here it is. Endureth all things. Faith. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Faith is a temporary measure because it's based on redemption. It's based on time. It's only here as long as the plan of redemption's here. Jesus came to this earth to die and to be crucified and, and for, to, to overcome sickness and disease. But one day, one day we're going to be reunited with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And you're not going to need faith anymore. You're not going to need hope anymore. The Bible says hope is that which you don't see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One day you're going to see it. One day you're going to touch it. But love, love was there before it started. And love's going to be there when it ends. So it endureth. I want to preach the love of God into this camp meeting right now. You need to look at hell and say, you're not going to take away my love. You're not going to take away my ability to love. I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to love my pastor. I'm going to love... I'm going to love my enemy. I'm going to pray for them that despitefully use me. Come on. It's only temporary. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Wait, I say... Hallelujah. I'm talking about a temporary dynamic. It's only going to be here for... That's why the Bible says that Moses, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And and, and he, he chose to suffer the reproach of Christ. And he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. And, 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 and the pleasures of sin that were for a for a season see there's a seasonal dynamic to the temporary can I, can I keep on going for just a little while I preached a message not long ago called sometimes it's like the snow people want me to preach that again I don't know if I can but I can tell you that there's a seasonal dynamic And it's for Kronos people. It's for people down here. There's times and there's seasons. Ecclesiastes says there's times and seasons for everything. Time to die. Time to be born. Time to fight. Time to be at peace. Time to throw stones. Time to gather up stones. Time and a season. And it was for people that were under the sun. Kronos people. People living down here. Seasonal dynamics. There is a power to sin and it's a seasonal power. I don't know what season you're in right now. I don't know what circumstance and what context you have in your life right now. But I'm telling you it is a season. Let me put it this way. It won't always be here. It will not be here forever. Hallelujah. Keep on 
keeping on. Keep on praying. Keep on believing. Keep on reading. Keep on singing. He cut Tabushaya because it's not going to last forever. Amen. There's a, there's a place in, in the Bible where it says that, 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 that one of David's mighty men fell into a pit. And, and it was on a snowy day. And there was a lion. And every time I read it, I chuckle. Because you ever have one of them days where it just gets bad? And then when it gets bad, you go, man, it can't get any worse. And then it gets worse. And then you say, okay, that's it. And then it starts raining. <clears throat> I see this old boy walking down the way and I see him falling and he goes, ah, I'm in a pit. And then when he gets in the pit, he's laying there and he hears a snarl behind him. Ah, there's a lion in the pit. And he says, it can't get any worse. And then the snow starts coming. <laughs> I don't know what season you're in in your life. But, but you don't have the luxury of stopping. When things are frozen all around you, when things are cold all around you, when they're locked up all around you, you got to keep on keeping on. Because we aren't seasonal people. We're citizens of eternity. And if you got a lion in front of you, you can't blame the snow, you can't blame the pit, and you can't blame the lion. You just got to take care of business and say, I'm a son of God. I'm not going to let the temporary dictate to me. Come on. I've got children depending on me. I've got a wife depending on me. I can't lay down and die. I've got a church family depending on me. I've got to put one foot in front of the other, and it looks like the end, and it feels like the end, but i got a lion that i got to take care of and you're serving when it snows and you're serving when it shines and you're serving when it rains because the season doesn't matter brother it's only temporary I'm going through a divorce right now it's a season I'm, I'm sick in my body it's a season I just got my car repossessed. It's a season. I'm wrestling. The doctor gave me a bad report. It's a season. It's a season. It's a season. Hallelujah. Wickedness doesn't endure. Love does. I'm going to keep on bringing kids to Sunday school. I'm going to keep on loving the young adults. I'm going to keep on loving my neighbor. I'm going to keep on preaching. And there's going to be a lot of summers and a lot of winters and a lot of springs. And there's going to be a lot of things die and a lot of things born. But I'm going to keep on keeping on because I serve a God that's above all of that. As a matter of fact, you stop serving God seasonally. Can I have just a couple more minutes? Jesus comes up to the fig tree and he sees it. And the Bible says that, that, that it, was, it, it, was, it was not the time of figs. And as he looks at it, he went to see if it had figs. And, and, and it didn't. And, and he cursed it. And he says, no more figs born on you forever from this point forward. And, and they came back later. The tree was withered and it was dead. And, and I've always wondered, why in the world did he, did he curse it when it wasn't the time? And, and, and one day I just, I just felt something in the Holy Ghost just whisper in my ear because we're not seasonal. 
I bear fruit no matter what season it is. When we get to heaven, we're going to see a tree that bears fruits every day of the year. (laughs) I have love on these branches no matter what's going on. I have joy on these branches no matter what's happening. All hell's breaking loose. Everything going all right? Everything's all right. God's in control. I'm going to make it. Somebody needs to stop praising God seasonally. You need to look at the season. You need to look at the temporary. And you need to say, you do not control me. Heaven controls me. It's not dictated. This... My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. This is why the widow woman, she says, I have a little meal and I have a little oil and I was going to eat it and I was going to die, me and my boy. And it was a season for dying. It was time to give up. And the prophet said, give it to me. Don't do it. And she gave it out of season. And when she gave it out of season, the Bible says that it did not fail because she got involved with God's business. Well, I don't have it to give. Give it anyway. You're like the little widow woman with the two mites. You give it anyway. Heaven looks down and sees people that don't serve him seasonally. This is why Paul and Silas sat inside that prison cell. It's not time to praise God. It's time to mully grub. It's time to talk about how bad it is. It's time to get a bad attitude. It's time to talk about how Christianity doesn't work. It's time to backslide. That's the season. But Paul looked at Silas and Silas looked at Paul and said, what are we going to do? I think we're going to sing praises to God. Have you lost your mind? No, I'm just bearing figs when figs shouldn't be here. So I praise him when I'm sick. And I praise him when I don't have anything. And I give when it hurts me. And I love my neighbor when they betray me. And I I keep on keeping on. And I worship. And I sing. And I, they that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. Somebody give him an out of season praise. Wait a minute. You can't praise like that on Wednesday night. You can't praise like you've worked all day long. You've had a tough day. You're tired. You can't praise like that. I've got figs. I've got figs. I've got figs. Come on. I want you to lift your hands right where you are. I want somebody to give him a Kronos praise. I want somebody to grab this first night of camp meeting on the way in. Tonight's my night. Tonight's my night. I'm getting my deliverance tonight. Somebody needs to look at their addiction and say, you don't control me. You need to look at your pain and say, you don't control me. Look at the temporary. You can feel the Holy Ghost right now. This is, a, this is a Kairos moment. Musicians, come on. It's Wednesday night. It's Wednesday night. You're not supposed to shout on Wednesday night. You're not supposed to dance on Wednesday night. You're supposed to yawn your way through service. And you're supposed to go home early and wait for Thursday and Friday to show up. 
Ah, but I'm bearing figs when there are no figs. I'm, I'm, I'm bearing fruit out of season. And I choose to give God a praise on a Wednesday night that I wasn't anticipating. Hey, somebody step out of your seat. Right where you are. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm tired. These people have worked hard. Pastor Robinson has worked hard. These workers have worked hard. They have been baking. They have been vacuuming. They have been mowing. They have been leaf blowing. And on top of that, they got to live life. They got to walk through chaos. They got to walk through chronos. Woo. Come on, come close, come close. We're, gonna, we're, we're not, we're not going to leap because of joy. We're going to leap for joy. We're going to bear fruit before the season gets here. Friday night's the season everybody shouts, but we're going we're gonna to shout a little bit on a Wednesday night. <laughs> that, that, this, this isn't the season for it. I know, I know, but, but we're going to do it anyway because, because that's how you are when you wait upon the Lord. You feel that? Right underneath the surface. Just bubbling right underneath the surface. Let me tell you what the Bible says. God said, let there be light. There was light. He spoke into chaos and he said, let there be light. And chaos had to let go. He, he, he spoke to dry land. He said, separate from the waters. And, and formlessness had to let go. I am telling you that God can speak the same word into you and depression has to let go and bitterness has to let go. Remember, grief is an acquaintance. It is not a a permanent resident. Stop letting grief occupy your life. Stop letting bitterness occupy. He's a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. He's not permanent. It's only for a second. Let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. And as he gave all the let there be's, it happened, it happened, it happened, it happened. But we get into the book of Psalms, there's another let there be. We read it tonight. I appreciate Brother Bourne, Pastor Bourne, preaching and, and, and exhorting because there's another one in there. It says, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. You know what it says? Pastor Robinson, here's what it says. It says that we're going to, every, every, every year, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate by what's called the Feast of Tabernacles. Literally, the Feast of Tents. We're going to celebrate the temporary dynamic of this world. But from, from the time that God lets you live temporarily, you're never going to forget it. And there's going to come a day when you get into your land and you're going to have a house and you're going to have a place to sleep and a roof over your head and you're not going to be moving around all the time. But every year, once a year, you're going to go outside the city walls and you're going to live in tents for seven days. Because I never want my people to forget the fact that this is a temporary world we're living in. And it's only by God's grace that we stand here. And here's what he said. You're going to live in that tent for seven days. And at the end of the seven days, you're going to pick up a palm branch. And you're going to pick up something to wave before the Lord. And you're going to praise the Lord who has given you everything you have. Tonight on a Wednesday night, 
I want somebody to grab your praise and I want you to lift it up to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and say I'm worshiping you tonight everything I have you gave it to me everything I have you gave it to me you're the only permanent thing in the temporary world somebody praise him right now somebody lift your hands right now Right now, I want you to give him a praise. I want you to give him a shout. I want you to praise him on a Wednesday night. I want you to give him glory on a Wednesday night. I want you... Do it again. Shout it again. Leap for joy again. When you don't feel like it, praise him anyway. When you don't feel like it, shout anyway. When you think it's over, preach it anyway. Let everything, let it, I'm speaking to chaos. Let everything, I'm speaking to weariness. Let everything, I'm speaking to depression. Let everything, let everything that have breath. You and you and you and you. Praise Him. Praise Him right now. Praise Him right now. I want somebody to leap for joy. Leap for joy. Dance for joy. Shout for joy. It's coming. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Wait, I say. Grab a hold of it. Grab a hold of it. Shout unto God. Somebody shout unto God on a Wednesday night. Shout unto God in the middle of my problem. Sing in the midnight hour. Sing in my difficulty. sing here's what I want you to do here's what I want you to do the Holy Ghost is here the power of God is here but there's a heaviness there's a chronos feeling there's a feeling of sequential ordered living here and we can break it by the power of the Holy Ghost there's been devils that have whispered in your ear all week long there have been problems you, you brought them in with you And they're waiting on you, by the way, when you walk back out. As big as that devil is, I want you to reach down into your spirit. And I want you to grab a praise that's bigger than that devil. I want you to get that. I want you to find a praise that's bigger than your problem staring you in the face right now. How big is your problem? I want you to praise that much more. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to do it. They're going to sing. But I want you to grab a hold of it. And if, if the Holy Ghost tells you to leap, I want you to leap. And if the Holy Ghost tells you to shout, I want you to shout. 
But I want to take about 60 seconds and I want you to give God everything you have in this place tonight. I want to grab opportunity. I want to grab Kairos coming in, not going out. Hallelujah. 60 seconds. I want you to praise him bigger than your predicament. Praise him bigger than your addiction. Are you ready? New Bethel County. Are you ready?